All right, welcome to I Need Healing, the Fantasy Overwatch League podcast. My name is White Noise. I am a caster and a terrible Overwatch player who enjoys watching the league. I am Cheyenne, a former Tier 3 player, current coach, who also enjoys watching a lot of uh, the Overwatch League. Yeah, so we decided to start a podcast because we always play fantasy against each other and with a rotating cast of characters who... Uh, pay various amounts of attention, and I always found that I couldn't find all of the resources I wanted or it wasn't as consistent, and I like to, uh, you know, just talk about yeah, these things. So we decided to start. Yeah, we, we, we have a message that never ends on Discord, so why not record it and force other people to listen <laughs> to it? So we recorded last week, and there was uh, we use a recording bot named Craig. Not a sponsor, but I will plug Craig. Gotta love Craig. Uh, and there was a, a mess up that happened where most of the way through, we were almost done with the podcast, um, Craig left the building he and crashed. stopped recording. So we have... Oh, he, he crashed. There was, there was an issue. Um, but because of that, we are going to have a weird cut in there, and you're going to hear it, and all of a sudden we will have accurate new news because there's some crazy stuff that happened in the league in the yeah, past couple of days. Yeah, well, right. So uh, get excited for it. We're going to plug all that at the end and enjoy the rest of this conversation. Five, four, three, two, one. I need healing. Yeah, let's get started. I'm very hyped for this season. There is a lot to talk about, especially when it comes to rookie. Yeah, I think today also, I want to hop into what's going on in APEC, because I feel like that is the top of the news for today. Yeah, APEC will be starting two weeks later. Um, the East Region's kickoff clash will begin on May 20th now, instead of the 5th. So that is a little bit of a problem, but it's still something we can work around. That's just something to take into account. And, you know, um, we will release more information when we have it, but. As of now, I still feel like a lot of the APAC teams have some of the best players, too. Yeah, I mean, the the question becomes with Fantasy is if, if we still are starting, you know, Fantasy Leagues are still starting week one, right? Um, how does that, like, is it worth holding those players? You can't build a full APAC team. It makes, like, NA tanks especially have become way more valuable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, because you can't just throw away like the first what three weeks. Um, also, how's Two that going to change? Yeah. How's that going to change the um, the the countdown cup and all of the stages? Are they pushing well, those back too? No, the way they are, the way the way they are doing it now is they are going to condense all four weeks into Chewy. So that's oh, going wow. to be two very intense weeks. My guess is that for fantasy stuff they may just want to ignore the first two weeks of matches or retroactively um, use them for the first couple of weeks. I have no idea, no actual data on that, but that's just my guess. Well, I'm going to talk to you. I'm, I'm in touch with, uh, with the guy in charge of MetaMatch. Maybe I'll get him on here before the start of the season to talk about this. Yeah, next week. Next I'm, week sure, I'm sure he's frantically dealing with that right now because that news, I just learned about that like 20 minutes ago and we were talking and so um i'm sure he i'm sure he knew before i did but um he, i doubt he has a solution yet yeah 
I mean, I know he was finishing up the last of the debugging, um, which for those of you who don't have a place to um, to play fantasy yet, MetaMatch, excellent app. I know he's just, just released it. It's the um, same developer from Fantasy Owl, which was the website, um, the browser-based fantasy that was... I don't know if it was around last season. I was using draft buff, but I know it was the year before I used it. Um, and it, it was, it was great, but he wanted to make an app. So he decided to spend a lot of time. We, I chatted with him the other night, super nice guy. Um, and I think meta match is going to be really phenomenal. I think right now it's a new app. So there's all of those like weird, things that happen i mean i was talking to him and he's like yeah well if you press this button from an iphone that hasn't been updated it crashes <laughs> for this reason and i'm and so he's just sending it out to people to try to break so if you want to do that before the season starts hit all the buttons oh try to <laughs> overload it and send send him you know i'm sure he would appreciate the feedback because that's how you fix those bugs so that um halfway through the season you don't have crazy things happening but yeah. uh that's a lot of a lot of meta match information, but I don't know how does that affect does that affect your rankings, you think? Here's the thing. It really depends on how because we are going to be using meta match for our league, right? So yeah. it really depends on how the devs use it. Because if they decide to just take the first two weeks worth of matches from APAC and retroactively give us the points, then it doesn't really um impact impact my rankings. But if I have to make a full team of NA players with a couple people from APAC in the bench, that's pretty big. There's a lot of really good players in APAC. You have, like, the whole of the Shanghai team is right there for the picking. Yeah, I mean, that's the strategic play, though. If you know... I mean, it's it's kind of like picking up someone like, you know, Speedily, which very different, you know. But if there was... If Speedily was able to play in two weeks, right? It's like, do you... I is would. it worth... I would pick up speedily. I would keep him sure. in the bench for two weeks, and then I would be happy. Exactly. So it's, is it worth potentially losing two weeks in order to have a big advantage? I if, I would say yes, in general. If you can afford it. Just keep in mind, yeah. you do have to have those six players at the beginning anyway. So you can probably make do with a bench full of APAC players if you really want to. Yeah, I mean, that actually hurts. We were talking about... Uh, you know the the value of tanks you know are going to play. So I I gave a big buff in my rankings to um, players single tanks. So teams that only have one tank. Um, yeah, we've been discussing it. Smurf, Gaga, and Kellan are like at the top of the list, at least for me, because they are, they are like guaranteed to play basically, and they are pretty solid. And if you look at this too, let me pull this up on here. Uh, I mean, you have the the next one for me is Fury. I think he was right afterwards. I know that we've gone back and forth on that one. Yeah. Um, just because I think there are some questions about Fury in this particular game, just because of flexibility. But I mean, even just going through that, um, let's see here. Fury have... is also an APAC. Just to know. Yeah. No. Exactly. That's what. I mean, here we have... Who else in APEC? It's just those three. I was I was already afraid for um, Fury because there have been rumors of Sado coming back to Philly. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but there have been rumors. 
And with this on top of that, I'm like, uh, I wouldn't want to take. I'm sorry, Fury, I wouldn't want to. Uh, but yeah. you know who gets a lot of benefit out of this? I think Piggy is a really good pick now. Yeah, Piggy is, <laughs> you know Piggy was my last year. I, I, was vi- I was all in on Piggy, and I drafted him way earlier than I needed to in our draft last year, and a lot of people were confused as to why I did that. And then he was like the second top highest scoring tank in week one. Uh, and so Piggy and I, we go back in fantasy, and I am all in on Piggy. I have him right now in, in my top um, top couple tanks for this season. Um where do I have him in tanks? Third. I have him above Smurf. That's pretty high. <laughs> I, I, having him above Smurf, I recognize as a bad decision. I recognize that that is wrong, but that's how I feel in my heart. But actually, with this going on, I mean, if you were to take out the APEC tanks I have, it's Piggy, Kaluge, Kellen as my top three. Yeah, I probably agree with that. You could make yeah. an argument for a couple others, but I think those are the most solid ones. Yeah. Um, that said, there is a lot to go on. Uh, let's uh, talk about one more potential trouble, Chengdu. Yeah, Chengdu is the next um, The next thought, because, I mean, even that adds a second question mark to Gaga, too. Because... Yeah, Gaga, for the viewers, uh, Gaga was my top tank pick for the season. And then Shengdu get into money trouble, right? And they may be trading people. Even if I don't think Gaga is going to be traded, if they lose like Leave or some really good support players like Monk, it could be a problem. It could uh, stop Gaga from getting as many points. So, and now with this APAC thing too, I'm like very on the fence. Even though I was really high on Gaga before. I mean, he's still number one in my tank rankings, uh, but. Yeah, it's hard to justify now. Well, and if if the season starts, if week one, Chengdu hasn't dropped anyone, that makes it hard to make that decision because you know they're going to. And If by the yeah. podcast next week, they haven't dropped anyone, I can almost guarantee most people from Chengdu will be picking up, at least the starters, right? Yeah. Um, but even if like if they lose leave, that would be a big hit. Don't get me wrong. I think Aprita and Jin were really good players. Um, Aprita is incredibly good, in fact. But leave yeah. is just leave. Yeah, I think Aprita. It's funny. I mean, in my rankings, because this is fantasy and not based on their actual, you know, skill level, Aprita is pretty far down for me because I don't see him playing as much with leave on the team. Um, but. If leave is off, I mean, that would jump him pretty far. I think he would become a very good pick. And he could be a good sleeper, honestly, right now. He could be someone yeah. with leave on the table. Could be a really interesting he pick. could play depending on the meta, even if leave stays on Chengdu, yeah. I imagine Jin and Aprita are going to split time depending on the meta, and leave is just going to play. That was the thing, you know, in... In terms of my rankings, I know, well, and actually I feel like we should talk about meta match here because they have that best of three maps thing now, which is very different. Yeah, and that could actually, players getting swapped in and out. I, I know in 2020, the San Francisco Shock team, those, even though the DPS were all cracked and 
individually were doing amazing because they were swapping in and out their scoring potential just wasn't as high as someone like yaki who was never going to be like swapped out right so the smaller rosters ended up being your better choice um if if it's best of three i don't know that it's as big of a risk with jinmu specifically um because you know he's going to get brought in it's just you don't know how many maps I also remember that when we played, you beat me because Dante was benched due to uh, he was injured on his wrist and he was benched and he couldn't play for the last for the second day. And you beat me by that much difference because I didn't have Dante. If we had yeah. best of three, I would have won. That was a that was a painful one. I know. <laughs> I had I had um, I don't even remember who screwed me on that. There was one week that was some bullshit. Uh, and I gotta, I gotta find it, but um, yeah. I don't know who it was. Some somebody who was benched uh, for a rookie, and I was very upset about. But um, it might have been I like, picked you... up Ons or something. I don't remember that, what it was, but maybe. But regardless, do you want to go over the player trades this week? Because there's only two to talk about: XCI and Sassin. And yeah. XCI is insane, and Sassin is. Middle of the pack or below. Yeah, I think Xe does change a lot. I think him coming in changes the value of other Florida DPS. And I I have him right now at 12th on my DPSs. Yeah, I at? think that's probably a fair, a fair assessment. XEI or Xe is like incredibly good and he's going to play on... Almost every meta, unless it's like a Genji Tracer meta, I guess. Um, yeah. I could see XCI playing. I know he, I mean, last year he was a top five pick total, like not even just DPS. He was a top five pick when he was on Dallas. Um, everybody was thinking he would be the only DPS above him was D- Decay, which is funny to think in retrospect, but. Um, yeah, I think the only question is how well did he maintain after a year not playing, right? And I, I he's been in Valorant, right? I think he's been playing Valorant this time. He's been, but he hasn't been pro on Valorant, I believe. Let me see. Uh, regardless, yeah, I think XCI is still a really good pick. Like, if you need a DPS, he's very likely to play, and he's very likely to score well. That's just XCI for you. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he played in, um, I think, the equivalent of Contenders for Valorant in South Korea last year, but only for, like, not a long time. After Uh, people go Yeah, yeah, I would guess. That's the thing with, with him, though, is every year he's played in the league, he has missed at least a couple months. I mean, he yeah. missed the entirety of last year, but then the Paris season, he missed a good chunk of. And I am very concerned, as a Florida simp that I am, uh, very concerned for that. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I'm concerned on a fantasy level. In terms of Florida, I think Hydron is better than people give him credit for. I, I think, think Hydron is a that, really solid rookie. Yeah, yeah I think he can carry that that mantle fine i have a very hot take with with the florida dps and that is i i think that checkmate might be a better genji than yaki was i think had florida last year hit a genji meta 
he would have played. Matt a very hot take. But, I mean, a thing that to consider is, like, why didn't they pick him up last year when his hero pool was entirely overlapping with Yaki? And I think it was it was possibly because his Genji is very good. Um, I, I've i seen him on other heroes, obviously the Reinhardt, uh, which maybe he's going to be Florida's tank. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I think that there's something to be said for just how good he can be if given the space. And I think that him playing Ryan kind of made him a joke in a lot of people's eyes in an unfair way. I don't think he's a joke. I'm not sure he's... I wouldn't go as far as to say he's Genji's brother than Yaki's. Yaki is like a really good mechanical player. I think Checkmate is a solid player. He's not going to play Ryan because someone is really good at main tanks, right? Um, Who? But someone. Who? Someone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never gets um, old. Yeah, <laughs> Never gets old. Well, in terms of that, I in terms of just fantasy points for Checkmate, I have him on the lowest for Florida's DPS. I don't think he's going to get as much playtime as either of the others. Yeah, that makes sense. And they did let go of Mirror as well, so you only have those three now. Uh, and let's move on to the next pickup, uh, Assassin, who is going to go a lot faster next CI, I imagine. Yeah, I have to decide if I'm even putting him on my rankings. <laughs> I guess I have to. Um, you have and to. He, is, he does get the bonus tanking. for being a solo tank. Yeah, yeah, the solo tank bonus is real. But um, just looking at Valiant's roster, it is a mess. It's I, not as bad as you would expect. I think you could put Valiant in NA, and they would beat a couple teams. Um it's just that NAPAC is a lot. Like London and Vancouver? Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I I definitely London. Well, I put them... I would I say definitely. Would uh, be, you know, I think that that would be a, an interesting matchup. I don't know who would win that. But obviously, I mean, they might... People don't seem as down on the Valiant this year. I mean, I don't know. It depends on who people are, but... um. Here's what I would say. I think last year Valiant were playing to win a single map, and this year they are actually winning to play some games. I yeah. don't know how many, but they have the opportunity to win some games. Like DI is pretty solid, um, innovation is alright. Coldest has a lot of potential. Coldest was really good, and then he didn't play for whatever reason. And he I actually could had him really last good. year. Yeah. yeah, he was one of my um, sleepers last year. Yeah. And he just didn't play. Langsa is pretty solid and he's very flexible. Like he can play pretty much anything. So if you if we do end up on a double flex support meta, he could be a plus. So I hear there's a lot of Lucio going on. Um the desk at least. Yeah, did he play he only played how much did he play when he was on Chengdu? Uh he played last year not a lot, because they had so many supports. Uh, he had, I think he had like an hour and a half of playtime or something like that. Um, not a lot. Yeah, I don't but even remember. He's yeah. still really good. Huh. I should check him out. That was, honestly, the Valiant are my big gap this year in terms of players to check out. I, I checked out on, on them 
instead of checking out their players, uh, once they signed Izan, I was like, all right, you guys aren't even, like, what is this signing? Uh, I don't see a reason that you would need both him and Innovation and Dia. Like, that's that's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, to have one tank, no backup supports, and then three hit scans. Here's the thing. I believe they do not need backup support. I'm surprised they pick up three hits come players. But like I said, Langside is very flexible. Um, if you have Langside, you probably have all your supports covered. Do you think you could cover a double flex meta? Yeah, I think Langside could actually cover a double flex meta. Hmm. That's interesting, yeah. I mean, the support line, when I saw Coldest on there, I actually had a little bit more. I think it's a a little more trust in them than last season, I should say, which is nothing was my was my last season. So that is very fair, yeah. Easy to go up from there, but I still put them in the, the lowest tier. Sassen is the weirdest pick. Yeah, uh, I was saying tank. they have Fuel um, in. As they picked him up. They picked him up as a coach, and I still cannot understand that because I expected them to pick up. Uh, to pick him up as a tank player. He's actually probably better than Sassen. He's played with Team CC, so he probably knows some of the players. Uh, that just makes no sense. Yeah, is I mean, even just looking at at old Valiant players, I just saw, I was scrolling down on, on Liquipedia and just saw Dreamer on there, and I was thinking, like, oh, is he signed at this point? And just clicking on a random South Korean player, I found a, you know, a tank who could probably get a visa who would be better than Sassen. Like, I don't understand. Maybe he's not looking for a team, but they can't be. I mean, there are other tanks who they could sign. I don't he, understand why yeah, they would do that. he this. wouldn't even need a visa. Valiant the, understand yeah. APEC. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, well, are they, they're set up in China, right? I believe so, but I don't know if they are going to travel this year. Okay. Uh, regardless. Well, I know that that like uh, I don't know what's the deal with like South Korean players getting to China. Is it really easy? I would expect it to not be. I know a lot of the players last year from Valiant were dropped because of it, but they didn't really pick up um, Chinese players. So it's probably very possible. Like they pick up Korean players. It's probably possible for Korean players, I imagine, or they. They may just play online. Yeah, I mean, the ping wouldn't be as bad as, like, yeah. NA. But Sassen is a South Korean player. Like, everything where I'm like, oh, maybe he's a Chinese player, that makes sense. He was on no. the Spark. Nope. <laughs> like, what, what is this roster? I just... Because uh, it's not even like all the pieces are bad, necessarily. I mean, you... I'm trying to think last year... Last year I, I checked think, out on the Valiant, but... Yeah, I mean, they have improved massively. Over the last year, I don't think it's enough because every other team has also improved massively. Like this year's Valiant could probably have finished fifth in APAC last year, but this year I'm not very sure. Who do you think above, like the Spark or Chengdu, or, or uh, not Chengdu, Guangzhou? Last year or this year? Last year. Oh, definitely above Spark and Chengdu. Maybe even I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably just Chengdu and. Uh, not Chengdu, sorry. Spark and Guangzhou. I just don't... Choice Oan was so good last year. And I feel like... But the the 
the charge did struggle overall. Yeah. But okay. Speaking um, of choice I, of one, do you want to move on to really good pickups? Because yeah. that's like number one on the list according to Metamatch. Well, so that was based on Pelican is number one. He was, uh, I was actually, I was talking to the developer again last night and um, he was saying the bots are acting really weird and he doesn't know why. Um, there's something they're doing in the rank rankings that is, he's trying to figure out what the value is that they're ranking so high. And for some reason they go for DPS first. Uh, and well, then within that, it has to do with the, not only the scoring last year, but there's weird factors coming in where Pelican is pick one and then choice at one. And I don't know why it has to do with the points scored last year. Yeah. Is, and looking at the list of the Metamax, uh, Metamax rankings, Choice One is the second highest DPS when it comes to fantasy points for a game last year. After Pelican. Yeah, it's literally that makes sense. Pelican, um, Choice One, then Leave, then Kai. So it's that's probably why. And don't get me wrong, he's got a pretty solid tracer, but I feel like this year uh, we've heard that tracer has potential nerfs as well for um, the alpha that was released this week. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not low on choice one. He's pretty solid, but he wouldn't be like my first pickup. He would be like a late round pickup. For yeah, he also. I mean, his tour blaster. I just remember we had that full conversation about you were like you were telling me why a tour brawl would not work, and then Guangzhou ran it in week one, and I was like, aha! And then they lost. But choice <laughs> yeah. one played the tour, so you might see his tour come out. I don't know. When they give that that big Torb rework that gives his hammer 200 hit. Uh, if that ever <laughs> happens, we'll have a Torb meta then. <laughs> we have the choice I want, Torb. That's uh, it. Yeah. Torb is not for this year because his overshield is actually just over health now. So he doesn't get extra armor. But also, I mean, the turret might get more value with less shield. I don't know. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's a hot take, is that Torp will get more value in Overwatch, too. <laughs> okay. Um, but Choice so, of One, I, I don't know. His his Echo was also very solid. I don't think it was the best in the league, but I think he can keep up on Echo, and his Tracer is phenomenal. So depending on... I think with the rookies yeah. this year, it's hard. It's still hard to put him in the top It's very top difficult. Tier. So uh, a lot of things are going to depend on meta. And I have some insight as to what the meta may be, according to the people who've been on the uh, alpha scrims. Uh, the most played meta at the moment is apparently Brawl, with Ryan or Saria, Lucio, and Moira Orba. Also a lot of Maya, apparently. That's what... The, the Doom Dive is what interests me most right now. Doom Dive is second most play, and some people on some maps are playing spam comps, but only at very specific points. Most importantly, it seems like Brawl is pretty big, and it plays pretty similarly to Overwatch 1, but, you know, without a second time. You still just run at your enemy. Yeah. So if you got a really solid Brawl player that comes to mind, you could be like, okay, like, I think the best example is, if you had Super, you'd probably be very high on Super because of that. Of course, you cannot have Super anymore, but... Do you see Stylos's list from the Overwatch team? I haven't. He put no. Ryan at the very bottom. He put Ryan Zen Winston. 
I agree with Winston, and I've heard Senyata is struggling a lot. Yeah. But I've heard, like, Saria is the go tank, a go to tank, but Ryan is still probably fine in Brawl. Is Zarya still. Oh, yeah, also depends on the map. Because I know at the beginning of Alpha, Zarya, her beam would, like, ignore armor, or there was something about her beam. Yeah, it was broken. Yeah, and they've nerfed uh, it. Because armor now has a 30% flat damage reduction, and Saria was ignoring that. So. That was pretty broken. And now Saria is still good. She's just not broken. Um, but I hear that what makes Saria really good is now that she has that ability to decide what to do with her, with her bubbles, uh, it gives her a lot more uh, <clears throat> versatility. Because if the enemy is running for you, you can use both bubbles on yourself. Or if your team is flanking and the enemy is going for them, you can use your bubbles on the allies. Yeah. And that gives her a lot more value in, the ter- in terms of being like an anchor time for your, te- for your team to play around. Um, when they did that in the, was it the April Fool's patch that they did that? Um, I know Commando and I, who you uh, used to coach on our team, we were talking about that. And both of us had talked about that as a, as a Zarya idea for a long time and thought it was a really good idea. I really have liked the, the two bubbles use however you want. Um, mechanic I thought was was smart. I know there was an issue in the when the Overwatch League players did in Hawaii when they played with the cooldown on it, where essentially they were saying the cooldown was doubled because rather than you know both bubbles being on cooldown coming back at the same time, it was kind of like Tracer's blink. Um, do you know if that's changed? Uh, I believe it's remained the same, but at the same time, they are now on a short cooldown. So it begins whenever you use one of the bubble. Okay. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. Um, I I'm I am curious to play this. I also had a thought. So on here, Stylosa had in terms of just DPS, um, Soldier, Tracer, and Genji as the top three. Then second tier was Reaper, Sombra, Sojourn, Bastion, Echo. I I don't know that I agree with Stylist. (laughs) I just it was the first tier list I found from someone in the alpha. Um, Um, the one I saw was Custos. Yeah, Custos is the one I had seen before that. Okay, this Um, is the one thing they seem to agree on is that Solar is really good because of its mobility. I yeah. found an aggregate list from everybody who's been in the alpha who's made a tier list so far. Someone aggregated it. And they have the only person to make all of the S tiers was Lucio. And That is what I said earlier, that a lot of the teams are playing Lucio. Yeah. In, because first, he's good for Brawl, but also apparently Ana Lucio is the go-to now for Dive, because Lucio is like the only hero who can reliable uh, peel for Ana. Because Brick doesn't have the bash anymore, and she also cannot do anything else. And in Overwatch 2, with only five people, you really want your players to be doing something. Um, so I found that Lucio has been the most played. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That The next five, and uh, that's best hero, and then meta, good, average, niche, bad, worst hero. Um, meta, they have Soldier Doom... Moira, Genji, Tracer. So again, Tracer's in that top tier. I don't know that I'd write Choice on off yet. Um, but there are also a lot of great Tracers in the league. But, yeah. 
I feel like a lot of that is probably influenced by the fact that uh, people I believe are playing Genji Doom Dive mostly. Yeah. Um, with Trace or with Sombra. But, you know. I wonder if that's going to be. I mean, I remember Custa saying it reminded him more of like the original dive with like Lucio Winston, you know, like the old school dive. Yes. That That's going to be really interesting. I'm excited to watch it. I hope. So here's my. My hot, uh, not even hot take, but kind of what I hope they do with Shield Bash for Brig. I'm hoping they do it like a mini Rhine Charge. And what I mean by that is, you know how if you are hit in the side with a Rhine Charge, you kind of like get bounced in the air in that direction? Yeah. Like that, and almost a pin mechanic where you, you catch them, and then you move the distance of a normal Shield Bash. So you're like pushing them with you, but you're not stunning unless maybe you hit a wall or something like that. I feel like that mechanic could, there could be a really cool mechanic there. And I hate that they just increased damage, got rid of stun. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think that replacing CC is good, but you still need Brick to have those two ways to counter dive because that was the core of her kit. Yeah. You had the whip and you had the bash and they could both stop dive heroes. But if you only give her one, then Lucio is just better because he's got, you know, <clears throat> a speed, boob, a better ultimate, arguably a better ultimate. Rally was really good in Overwatch 1. In Overwatch 2, without armor and with overhealing, overhealth, it's not going to be as good unless they compensate for it. Yeah, I think it so... depends on how quickly it goes away, too. Because um, if, you know, if Lucio's goes away quicker, but is more overhealth overwatch 2 is going to be a lot faster so it probably matters a lot more that lucio uh sorry it probably matters a lot less that lucius lasts shorter because you can probably still win the fight in that amount of time yeah that makes sense yeah i you know and and my thought on supports too was that they should remove rather than healing or cc they should reduce healing substantially and make it more um utility support like where you do have well, some healing but it's mostly about the utility of the hero i kind of agree kind of do not i like the mid place they went with that where healing tanks only gives you uh 70 all charge i think instead of 100 so if you're healing tanks all the time then you're not gonna charge your ult as fast um i do think some healing is necessary Still, like, of, of course, you are not going to completely remove healing, but high healing comps like Brawl can be fun to watch as long as they are not extremely overtuned like Ghost War. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it, it feels more impactful when you play the healer, too. But, yeah. but all right. Well, that's the Overwatch. My personal take is that we are going to see Fleta lock the legs. And he's going to be really good at yeah. it because he's a great soldier. Yeah, I mean Sparkle too. I mean Sparkle brought it out last year. Um, that's probably enough about the meta. Do you have any sleeper picks you really want to recommend? We are not going into the league this week, but it's good to talk about. Do you have any like sleeper picks you would really like to recommend? I so I had some hot takes, but I don't know if I believe in my sleepers anymore. I think the APAC move might be uh, a weird one. I would say one of the players that is probably lower on most people's lists but will be very consistent is False. I think False is actually not a bad pick this year. Even though he's not the best player, I think 
he's Vancouver's only tank, so you know he's going to score. Whereas even someone like Hanbin, you don't know if he's going to play. Um, so personally, I think that False is one of my big sleepers. Uh, I also think Ultraviolet has been super underrated. Every um, the, the fantasy lists I've seen have not put him in the top tier of flex supports. And I think he is. I personally, I think he's an incredible flex support. So those are my two big sleepers. Ultraviolet is really good. I don't know if I would put him up there with, you know, your Twilight's Violets. But he's definitely knocking on the door if he's not in the room. He's a very slip. Um, yeah, I actually have uh, him above both of them. Uh, well, I have him above Twilight and Finn in my rankings, but that's because I used a very convoluted formula, and it takes into account where I think the team is going to be as well. Not as much as enough. other factors, but it is slightly, and that's enough to edge out Twilight, um, even though Twilight has a higher skill cap, I think. So my sleeper pick is truly not a sleeper pick. A lot of people know that Chorong is really good, but knowing that playing aggressively is really good in Overwatch 2, and that Chorong is a very solid Lucia, I would definitely pick Chorong up. That's my sleeper pick that would probably score really well. Would it be better if you could pick Lee Jagong? Yeah, Lee Jagong is probably going to score even better because he's a more aggressive, better mechanical base for. But knowing that Lucio Meta is very likely, I would say Sharong is a really solid pick. And knowing that Lucio Meta is very likely, I would say you could probably take a, a small gamble on Fanny Astra, who is an insane Lucio player. but. If it was a double flex support or basically anything but Lucio Meta, he wasn't going to get a lot of playtime having shoe and skill, right? But knowing that it's a Lucio Meta, you could see some funny Astro. And then maybe if later in the season the meta changes, you can just drop him. It could be a really good way to score a lot of points very early on the season. Plus, you know, gladiators are going to do well. Yeah. I have shoe as my top flex support, which I think is also meta matches rankings. If not, he's topped. I think Fielder is above him. But um, yeah, that's one of those those things. Because Skewed is going to get play if it's a Brig meta. But if it is a, a Lucio meta, I mean, like, Bunny Astro is a, a great pick. Indeed. I think he could score higher than Shu, oh. actually, depending on the way it's... Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, especially because I heard a lot of... Players are playing either Moira or Anna, not a lot of Baptiste. Baptiste could probably still work for Brawl, but if your idea is to run forwards at people, you, Moira may be better suited for that. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see how teams decide to play. Um, but yeah, to respond to what you said earlier, according to the fantasy points per game uh, for Metamatch last year, the top support is Gangnam Jin. Uh, then you got Iris, then Violet, then Crimson, then Can. So that's very awkward. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> what that. Fantasy points per game. Because last year I had Shu and I had Gangnam Jin through dubious trades. Um, it was, you know, <laughs> it was because Artistry had um, Soon, Exe, and who else did he have that that didn't um, like the two and. Uh, 
someone from Philly who ended up not making it to like they were Bogo probably? I think it was like he had three separate players who yeah one was on a visa and two weren't able to play and drop the season and then someone I think it was Bogo yeah it was like back to back to back where half of his roster was empty and he gave up week two he just stopped looking <laughs> but I traded him because he needed I traded him someone who then dropped out who who last year I'm trying to think of who it was because you, you know what it might have been? I think I might have traded him soon, and then the announcement came out that soon wasn't going to be playing. It was something like that. I mean, I traded him someone who ended up not playing um, for Gangnam Jin, who was the top scorer. It was a rough, rough year for him. But uh, someone in terms of uh, Lucio being good, Opener is someone who I had ranked very low. Apparently, now this is from people who are all in on on the justice now that i'm in dc and hearing that apparently openers lucio is cracked that's what i've heard i watched when i was going through all the rookies i watched some uh of those games from contenders he was on um on what was he on g2 uh he was on or ground zero uh, gen g i think he was on ground zero yeah ground yeah. zero that's one um and a yeah, so I did watch some of these games to get a sense of him, and I wasn't impressed. That being said, apparently, I probably just watched the wrong game. That's what I or you may have or Justice fans are just trying to keep hope alive. That's what I was gonna say. I I think they're overdosing on hope a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Opener is not a bad player. I just don't think he's one of the best Lucius with Lee Jago and Fanyastra, you know? Yeah. Well, and in general, you know, flex supports have always scored higher. I'm curious. I think in Overwatch yeah. 2, main supports could score higher. Than That's the real question, I think, right now. Um, is is it worth picking up? I think some of the... It's always been worth picking up the more aggressive... Uh, like, yeah. Big Goose was always great when he was playing. Fanyastra, always great. Lee Jagon, always great. Slime was a good pick when he was in you know, not on Florida. Um. <laughs> Here's my sleeper main support that's actually a sleeper that could score really high, Fixa. Fixa is really solid, and he's a playmaking main support, like Digigon is. Yeah. So if you were to gamble on a main support that was going to do really well, I would go with Fixa, because he's also not going to be fought for very harshly. People are going to go for the Jagon. Yeah, no, I mean that is that's absolutely true. Okay, last sleeper for me, and this is really not even in the sleepers anymore. This is in the high risk, high reward, which is where I think Fix is too. Aztec. Yeah. Aztec was someone last year I thought he was gonna be one of my rookie sleepers, and then the Valiant fell apart. Uh Toronto picked up Lastro and he never got any play. But I think had he gotten a little bit of time, like game time makes a lot of players. I think if they're benched all year, it doesn't, I think scrims don't necessarily mean their skill is where it is. You know, if if the resources aren't put into them to develop. And I think Aztec could have been a very good flex support in the league last year and just was never fully developed. I'm excited on on Vancouver. I think he could actually have 
a good season, he could also completely implode. Group up with me. All right, we're back from the future. A whole new week. Did, was that was that cut awkward enough for you guys? I think uh, hopefully not. I haven't edited it yet, so I don't know how awkward it will be. We'll see. Maybe, maybe a lot. Maybe I'll throw in a little voice line. I don't know. I have downloaded a lot of random Overwatch voice lines, so this is the time to use them. Okay, let's jump into the news. So the biggest thing is that we actually have a Shengdu roster now. We have a confirmed Shengdu roster. Um, they let go of Aprita, Faraway, Iveltal, and uh, Grip, one of the coaches. And they brought in Daisy, who is uh, the off-tank for Team Chaser, Chengdu's academy team. Uh, well, I don't hate it. Aprita was really good. I was looking forward to it. But if you have to choose between keeping Leaf and keeping Aprita, you are going to keep Leaf. Yeah, I'm curious if uh, the Valiant will pick up Aprita now to have a, what, a seventh, <laughs> a sixth DPS? Something like that, yeah. Because, uh, they, yeah, they have to pick up everybody. Um, yeah, that, it's funny, we, we did our fantasy draft before that, and one of the players in our in our league, Noah, picked up Jinmu, who is now guaranteed a to much play. higher yeah, He's guaranteed to play. Yeah. And so, I don't know, he... Uh, He's got the luck there. Yeah. Speaking of um, Valiant, though, they did also pick up someone new. They pick up Haker, who is a Sombra one trick from uh, like Fantasy Gaming and LG Huya from 2019. I got no idea why. They already have like five DPS players. Yeah, I can't. I guess he did the Aurora Cup in 2022 and didn't win i don't understand i guess in the chinese scene maybe he's still known i don't know the chinese scene and the australian scene are my two biggest holes those are the contenders that i don't watch as much as i should i'll find like good um i watch watch a little bit of faker he's good he's not great i don't understand his role though because even if he's a sombra one trick She's basically only going to be played in a Sombra meta, and they only have, like, two Sombra players. I don't know if Haker is any better than them, but they already had people to cover that role. So, another weird decision. But you know what? No hill is no hill. Yeah, I feel like the Valiant this year, we were talking about this before, but I feel like finally everyone was like, well, this isn't the Valiant of last year. They're they're coming back, and... uh... The Valiant didn't want that. They wanted to continue being the laughing stock of the league, so they made some real questionable signings. Um, in terms of fantasy, do you think any? I think they still have a good team. Do you? Like with Dia, Innovation, uh, Coldest, Lengsa, and Question Mark about Sassin? If Sassin did really good on, on tryouts, then maybe, you know, No Hill saw something on him. And he was like, okay, yeah, Sassin is good. So. That's my stock. It's like, if No Hill saw that Sassin is really good, then maybe he did really well at the tryout. And that's about where my expectations are. I mean, what, he played, what, Zarya during Goats for Hangzhou? He didn't even play. He wasn't even <laughs> he wasn't playing. Even playing he wasn't Zarya. Yeah, I don't... I, you know what? I don't know if this is a situation where they kind of blew up their reputation last year and are having trouble. Because I know a lot of people aren't going to want to go on to... A, a team that they know will lose because um, that can definitely hurt your ability to get signed the next year. But I think they can make it to like 
fifth or or sixth in in APAC, which is a lot to say considering APAC has a really solid team. You think they could beat uh, Guangzhou? I think they can beat Guangzhou, and I think they could even beat uh, Hanzhou if Hanzhou has a bad year. Hanzhou has a lot of potential, and is also very likely to grasp. Yeah, they always so. do. Guangzhou, though, I mean, Choice A1, you have Choice A1 and uh, Develop, as well as Eileen. You have Mali and Unique. I don't see the Valiant coming close to Guangzhou. I think Guangzhou is better than people are giving them credit for. Maybe, but they had really bad performances last year. Yeah. So, fair enough. Is it the coaching? It may be the coaching. Yeah. Yeah, well... Other than that, um, we also know that NYXL have picked up Vulcan, which is something we hadn't talked about last week. Yeah, because they hadn't. And that's the weirdest pickup in the league. More than Sasson. More than Hacker? Haker? Whatever. Yeah, because it's a fully... Vulcan is, no joke, the first non-Korean player in the NYXL. Yeah. In the history of the NYXL. Yeah, there are a lot of questions. So I'm like, was, yeah, was something not working on screens, maybe? Or, I don't know. I have no idea why, but, you know. Well, my thought is, I remember a while back when the, the deadline hit for signing league minimums and everybody came out who was an authority figure on this who said the uh, every team has signed at least six players, including New York, who hadn't announced it. I meant they were just taking their time to announce. And I'm wondering if this was a couldn't get visas or couldn't sign the people that they wanted, just did a random signing to hit league minimum. Um, but this is a weird one. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it were just them picking up someone because they had to fill that spot. Yeah. Maybe they were in negotiations with another player and it fell through or whatever, but yeah, this is what they got now. I don't think Vulcan is going to play ever, but who knows? Yeah, there was the question of whether or not Kellen would be in North America in, on time, and now it looks like he is. So Yeah, he's already back in the A, so. So only thing with this news... Is is there anything, any other big signings or anything this week? Oh, checkmate on tank. That's <laughs> uh, checkmate is on tank. So it's another. At least uh, according to the Overwatch League, Albert yeah um, confirmed it today. Really? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Checkmate is now on tank. Probably a crack Doomfist. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him on Doom. I, I've been telling you, I think he's better than people give him credit for. But at the same point, ah. I don't see him playing over someone at any point. And I don't know, though, that I saw him playing over Hydron, but if they were a projectile meta, like, what are they going to do now? They have XE Hydron. Maybe Hydron can adapt. I don't see XE adapting, but maybe Hydron is maybe they more... Play yeah, maybe they play... We'll have to yeah. see. Anyway, I think that covers all of the news for this week. Um, I don't think we're forgetting about anything. And the league is starting in like five days. So yeah. that's pretty solid. You have last last minute. How do you think... Do Does any of this news change how you rate players? Who Who is higher now and who is lower? I would say that the only thing that changes is Chengdu. Because there is a chance now that Gaga will not play. I don't think... He's very likely to play, but maybe if the right meta comes along and um, Daisy is a better Saria or a better Diva player, 
I could see Gaga being benched for that meta. But other than that, it doesn't really change a lot. I think Aprita is better than Jinmu, but Leaf is still Leaf. Yeah. I mean, I think it does, it ra- it lifts all the question marks around the roster. Nisha is now a better pick. Um, Monk is now the the one flex support. So all of the players that exist now, their stock went way up because now you know they're playing. Jinmu is now at probably, what, top 15 DPS, maybe? Maybe. I don't know, but maybe. Um, but yeah, and honestly, I appreciate the idea that they are going to have a five-man roster, or six if you want to count Daisy. But you know who's going to be playing. I remember last year they were rotating people around, and it kind of cost them at times. Now you know who's going to be playing. And Nisha is a pretty solid main support, and Monk is crap. So. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And I've heard a lot of people say this when you have those big rosters and you just feel the need to swap in and out just to swap in and out. Um, you don't build that that core synergy. So that that is, I think, overall a better thing for, for Chengdu. Um, I don't think that, yeah, the Valiant news doesn't change anything except don't pick up any players other than maybe Coldest. Uh, maybe Sassan. I, I, would still, I would still pick up in a way. Yeah? He's really good. I just don't trust that he's yeah. going to play. I think he's like a sixth-round pick, maybe. Maybe. He wouldn't be like my... He's a backup TBS, yeah. right? On the chance that he plays. But he's just really good. And the NYXL, I don't think Vulcan's worth picking up. I don't think he's going to play. Vulcan is not going to play. Unless he's like the most cracked tank in the history of Overwatch League, he's not going to play. He's got the language barrier. He's got the team synergy barrier. He's got the fact that he's just picked up now and the others have been screaming for months. Yeah. And the only other thing with the checkmate news that actually I think does change that roster is that Hydron is now a much better pick. I picked up Hydron in our league and I he was a question mark for me because I didn't know how much playtime he would get. Now I think he's a very, very solid pickup. Yeah, and I feel the same way about Exy, right? Oh, absolutely. Because Hydron was more likely to play on some metas than Exy. Um, if you have maybe like a Genji Tracer meta, then you could probably see Checkmate Hydron. But now I'm like, okay, it's probably likely that either of them will pick up the Tracer, so they're likely always going to play. So I would give Hydron and Exy a little bit of a higher, a higher rating on their like, ability to play. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think there's any changes in my uh, rankings this week. Not really, no. All right. Well, I think that covers everything. Thank you guys for listening. That's right. Um, We're going to be trying to put this out every single week. And we can now confirm that we're going to be having a weekly contest through MetaMatch. We're going to have that up for the first Saturday of games. So the way that's going to work is it's daily fantasy contests. Uh, You're going to have 100 points or levels, as they call them in this, to build the best roster you think you can. And everybody competes against each other. Um, And first prize this week is just going to be bragging rights. But as the season goes on, we're going to start throwing in small things. So make sure to check that out. Uh, Any other pluggables for you? Not really, not at the moment. Okay. But do play those dailies. Like, you can make an insane roster sometimes. Yeah, it's super fun.
right? Have a great weekend, everyone, and enjoy Overwatch League. All right. Bye, everybody.